Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as on Les Parents Parle, which is our new French edition coming up this February. I'm 42, and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is two, and Nathan, who is seven months old. Today, we're talking about speech and language development. So let's go around the table and let's introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Heather Fox. I'm the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old. My son Hudson is two years old and I'm expecting baby number two. Hi, everybody. I'm Chelsea Chichak. I'm 32 years old. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and I'm a speech language pathologist in the Lower Mainland. Thank you, Chelsea, and thank you, Heather, for being here today. So, Chelsea, what other milestone my child should be reaching with their speech? There are a lot of different milestones you have to consider when you're talking about children and their speech and language development. There are two different aspects to it. So there's the speech, which is looking at the speech sounds and how they're saying each of those individual sounds. And then there's also the language. So that would be the words that they're saying and how they're putting their sentences and that together. So when you're looking at speech sounds, a lot of those sounds in that that are earliest coming start really happening when our kids are about seven or eight months and they start doing those babbling with those D sounds and those M sounds and those B sounds um, and that. So those are typically all of the ones that come first. When we start getting into more of the complex sounds and that we're looking at those W's and the Y's, the K's and the G's. So there's a wide range that we're looking at um, with those speech sounds. The first sounds that I'm really looking that kids are going to have are ones that are using their lips. Like I mentioned, the P's, the B's and the M's. And then you're going to be going into those circle sounds like the W's and the Y's. And those are all coming around that 12 to 15 month range for those speech sounds. And then all of the other sounds start to come a little bit later with the T's and the D's um, and kind of range. It really depends on the kids. Um, We start to get a little bit concerned when they aren't using their lips and they aren't using their tongue and that for all of those different sounds. When should I be concerned then? You should really be concerned if your child isn't babbling from an early age. We should really be hearing kids playing around with their sounds, playing around with their mouth, and making a lot of noise at an early age. So if your child isn't babbling before 12 months of age or around 12 months of age, then you should really be talking to your doctor um, and that about, you know, different strategies in that that you can get to play with some of those different sounds because we really want kids babbling and using those sounds from an early age. Do I need a medical referral to see a speech pathologist? No, you can self-refer here on the Lower Mainland especially, and even throughout all the different provinces. Um, You can contact your local child development centers, and a lot of them have an online referral process that you can fill out online on a form, or your general practitioner doctor can help you fill out those forms too. That's great. Let's take, for example, here 18 months. How many words my child should know 
at 18 months? This is a question that I get asked quite often. And it's also a question that can concern a lot of parents because when we are looking at our developmental norms, when we're doing our assessments and that I'm looking for about 50 words at 18 months. But then again, you have to realize that there's a wide range in there. So I'm looking from about 18 months of age to about 24 months of age that those 50 words should be coming in. So it's not exactly right at 18 months. Your child turns 18 months, they should have those 50 words. But it is kind of in that range of 30 to 50 words that we're looking at at 18 months. So Hudson had a delay with his eating solids. And so we did see a pediatrician when he was probably, I guess he was about nine months old when we saw the pediatrician. So the issue was that his gag reflex didn't move back properly. So we were explained that, of course, this could also affect his speech. So he was delayed in his speech. Um, of course, now he's about two years old. Um, so looking back when he was 18 months, he had nowhere near the 30 to 50 words. And as I said, I did kind of expect it to be delayed, but he at that point literally maybe had two. So it was severely behind. So I was like, okay, I definitely want to, when he had his 18 month checkup with the doctor, she's like, yeah, you could probably self-refer. And then also locally, there was a drop in that I could actually meet with a speech pathologist and they did like a quick little assessment and then to get him on the wait list because there's quite a significant wait list in Lower Mainland if you're going to be going through the government. Um, so I knew I wanted to get on the wait list, even though I knew that it was potentially more of this physical kind of issue that he was having in his palate and stuff. I thought, you know, I'd rather be proactive, get him on the wait list. So that way, if he does need help further down the road, he'll be able to get it. But of course, the wait list, I mean, it's anywhere from six months to a year and a half in some areas, right? So it's very, very long. And for a lot of parents who don't have, like I do have an ECE background, but a lot of parents don't have this type of background and don't have the knowledge to kind of help their children. How, what are some tips to kind of help our little ones along when we are waiting so long? And it can be so hard when your children get so frustrated because they don't have the language and you've got this big, long wait. What can we do to kind of help our little ones along and encourage them? A lot of the times parents from an early age will start um, using signs um, and baby signs in that to help kind of facilitate some of those motor delays and sound delays in that that you might be having um, with children. So there are definitely those tips in that that parents can add in along with modeling their speech and language in that too. But I kind of have a few, I guess, go-to tips that I will give to parents in that that are on the wait list or really starting to get into those early talking stages and that with their kids. The first one is to reduce questions. A lot of the times when parents are asking questions like, what do you want for a snack? Do you want a drink of water? Those types of questions are really only adding to one word responses and they aren't adding to a variety of different words um, and phrases in that too. So suggesting to parents to reduce questions and adding comments and short phrases and words. And that helps a lot because then there's, they start to narrate more. They start to add on more details and descriptions and that. And I kind of always give the uh, example of the grocery store, narrating as you're going along and talking about what you're putting into your basket or into your cart, labeling the different types of food and vegetables and kind of just talking throughout your day about what you're doing and narrating through it and that and really reducing those questions is a big one. So is teaching kids to sign certain words is good or bad for speech development? 
it's definitely good because it helps to broach the gap sometimes that comes with children developing the different sounds and words. Motor comes first. So a lot of kids will be able to sign words before they're able to physically say them. So it can help to decrease a lot of frustrations and that at the beginning, especially for some of those certain requests, like for more or milk or water or certain types of food snacks that they're asking for. Um, So adding on those signs and that along pairing it along with a word can be really helpful. I'll give you an example here. My son says muck instead of milk. So do I always repeat, you want your milk? Like, do you have any tip around when they're not saying the word properly? Well, when you say, do you want some milk? Then they'll say yes to it. But if you model and you say milk or more milk or milk, please, then they're hearing that um, word being pronounced really uh, in a, the correct manner that you're wanting them to say. As soon as we start getting into asking them for those requests, then we get the yes or no answer rather than them repeating the word back to us. So we're not necessarily saying, say milk, I want you to say it again, but you're getting them to really hear the proper pronunciation and repeat it back to you. Milk, please, more milk. I want milk. I'm a bilingual mom here and I'm really trying to teach French to my son. So is my f- sons will be confused if they learn two languages at once? No, absolutely not. Um, it can take a certain amount of time and that to where your kids will be able to use both languages equally. A lot of parents in that will find that they will prefer to use one language um, and that, or they might answer in one language when the parent might be talking to them in French, they might answer in English. Um, And then you will find that they'll switch back and forth between the two languages. So that's called code switching. When all of a sudden in a sentence, they might say a couple of French words and pair it with a couple of English words, and they won't realize that they're doing it. Or they might say a French word to an English speaker and not understand why that person doesn't understand what they're asking for that not everybody gets all of the different words and languages that they're speaking. So that separation piece can take a little bit longer, but having any child be able to learn multiple languages is always going to be beneficial. And that too, it's just being aware that it can take even up to the age of seven for some kids to really be proficient and have a good understanding of both languages or multi-languages. I'm 42 and it's still happening to me. So So that's okay. (laughs) So Chelsea, we can find you on our panel of experts. Is there any other places then we can find you? I am on Facebook at uh, Mainland Speech. And then I also have a website, www.mainlandspeech.com. And you can search me at Mainland Speech Language Pathology. It's time for a conversation card. Heather, can you please pick one and read it to us? All right, ladies. So today, it's <laughs> kind of appropriate. Which of our five senses would you least want to give up? <laughs> Talking about speech and senses. <laughs> Sounds. And- hmm. All right. Which, five, yeah. so which of your five senses? I think it would have to be my... Gosh, I keep going between two. I would say it would have to be my vision. I would least want to lose my vision because I like being able to see my children enjoy 
the different activities that they're participating in. I would want to be able to watch them as they kind of go on their life um, and their career and their families in that. Um, so I think if I was talking about those senses, I think I would have to do see my vision. I would have to agree. Yeah, seeing is amazing, um, especially <laughs> with something. I'm, I, I wear glasses that I've had trouble seeing since I was little, and it's very frustrating when I my, say my cat knocks my glasses off the night table. I literally have to get my husband to come find my glasses because I can't see them where they are. Like, So it's very frustrating to not be able to see. Obviously, things adapt and things like that. But especially, as Chelsea mentioned, those moments as well, being able to watch your children and watch them grow up and have those amazing experiences. I wouldn't definitely not want to have missed those. So yeah, losing actually my full vision would be not good. <laughs> I wouldn't like that. I'm having a really hard time. I don't want to lose anything. I know. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> and if you can't see, you can't drive, you can't go anywhere, you're stuck in your house. If you well, can't... You can go, but you won't be driving yourself. Yeah, you won't be driving yeah. yourself. That's what I mean, yeah. right? You lose independence. I don't like that either. But yeah, I, I don't want to... I want to be able to see. <laughs> All right. I stick on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, well... That concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Chelsea and Heather, for taking the time to be here and for your contribution in other parents' lives, helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.